Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. It's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Friday, May 8th, 2015 edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. I am your host, Sheila Zielinski, and I'm very honored to bring you my guest today. She is a good friend of the show. She is a tough little cookie from the Lone Star State. She's Minister Carla Boutaud. Carla, welcome to the program. It is such a pleasure to have you back on. Pleasure to be back on. Well, one of the things I really want to get into, Carla, and here's the reason why. I was very stunned a few weekends ago when I, you know, I just put out a very friendly post. I said, if anyone has chronic pain in your body, please do instant message me. I thought I might get, you know, maybe five or six, eight max requests. And I thought I would pray for people for healing in their bodies. And I was stunned when I had it. In fact, they're still coming in. And I had over 362 in total of people, Carla, yeah, that have chronic infirmities. And you know what the stunning thing was that many, many other ones emailed me and asked me, oh, now that you ask, could you please pray for my husband? He's got a hernia. My wife's got breast cancer. It went on and on. And I was absolutely stunned. And I really think that what we tend to do in society now, Carla, is we sort of tend to say a nice little, oh, can you pray for me? And we don't really give it a lot of thought, but we also don't connect it to a bigger issue. And that is the fact that Jesus talks about infirmities being curses. And I want to get into that today. So powerful show on healing. I'm very excited. So I'll let you take it from there. Okay. We we talk about healing and the provision for it that Jesus did in having faith to believe. But there are some things that will block your healing. And I really believe that these sins unto death, because I have been, I've been praying for people for years, and many people have been healed. But there were those who, no matter what you did, they didn't get healed. And and I I would just chalk it up to, well, there's an appointed time for man to die. This must have been their time to die. It didn't dissuade me, you know, from praying for people. But I really believe these things mentioned in Leviticus 20 can block a person from being healed. One of the things that I have begun to examine whenever I pray for somebody who is sick, 
I began to ask them a list of questions that I, that was derived from Leviticus chapter 20. And uh, it is a list in those scriptures that definitely talk about certain things that can cause problems in our bodies that we may never connect the dots to. And it's sins that we committed before we were saved or maybe even after we were saved. But because we don't understand the gravity of these sins, we don't connect the dots. The list includes abortion, adultery, going to palm readers, psychics, all those people that have familiar spirits, uh, cursing your mother and father, adultery, homosexuality, incest, bestiality, and then the very last one that will bring death upon a person is if you have operated in witchcraft yourself as a witch or a wizard or something to that effect. All of these sins bring a death sentence upon us. And because we don't take care of these things individually, you may have asked for forgiveness of that sin, but the spirit of the, and the death sentence that came with it may still be there until it's actually dealt with. So a lot of times when people don't receive healing, when they've done everything that they know to do, they've gone to the elders, which, you know, that's not practiced very much. Jesus provided a way in the church for his people to receive healing. But a big problem in the church is that we have taken up the tradition of the world, and that is we go to church with our spiritual needs, we go to the doctor with our physical needs, we go to the bank for our financial needs, and all of that, we do just exactly what the world does. We fail to go to Jesus, we fail to go through the the things that Jesus has set up in the church in order to receive healing. So that's what I encourage people to do. I don't care what church they go to. I say, listen, I don't care what church you go to, you need to go to the elders of the church and have them anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith that you might be healed. That's what Jesus set up in the corporate body for healing. And to lay hands on the sick. You know, he didn't say put the sick person in the middle of a circle and stand around them and pray. (laughs) It says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So many times it's just a little thing as little as not obeying the Word of God. Well, absolutely. And you mentioned something really key, and people kind of dismiss it as not really that big of a deal. But one of the things that's really stunning to me, Carla, that I see, and of course, we know we're in a billion dollar plus porn industry nowadays. They did a survey recently in a conservative Christian magazine, and I was actually pretty stunned at the results. I thought, well, who would admit that anyway? Probably. There's not going to be a lot of pastors that admit that. But apparently, that is just inundating. It's plaguing the churches. It is a real problem. And people, where they miss it, is they kind of see, okay, I'm looking at pictures. What can be the big harm there? But what they don't realize... There is a connection between the New and Old Testament about a curse. Talk about that a little bit. Okay. In Leviticus chapter 20, it says, Whosoever commits adultery, the man and the woman shall surely be put to death. So that will actually bring a death sentence or a curse of death upon your life. Now, the problem we have is that it is so prevalent in our society, and we have kind of sugar-coated it to the point that we don't really understand how serious it is. Now, they may say, yeah, but that was in the Old Testament. But see, in Matthew chapter 5, 27, this is Jesus speaking. 
He said, you have heard it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now, that is a real thing. It's it's a spiritual thing, but it is, as Jesus said, it's like you've already committed adultery with her. And what men fail to understand, and you know what, this is not exclusively a men thing. There are women, too, that are hooked on pornography. Yes. And who are involved in sexual acts while they watch the pornography. That's what makes it so dangerous. And that's exactly what it is intended to do. It really is, as I was teaching Ready on pornography, God showed me that it is actually one of the highest forms of witchcraft that there is in the world. Because it is meant to seduce, entice, capture you, hook you, and then control you. And that's what the addiction is. And it's been proven scientifically that what happens in a person's brain when they watch pornography and they get involved in it themselves through masturbation or self-stimulation or, you know, even some people, now that they're Skype, are having cyber sex. Yeah. You know, it's showing another person what you're doing with yourself and getting, I mean, it is so twisted and so personal now that you may as well be together with the person. And see, what happens when you do that is you form a soul tie with that person. These people that look at these images and look at many images, and there are such perverse acts going on. I mean, it's amazing to me what what attracts some people. They will want to watch women on women or men on men or many women with many men. These perverse acts, as they are watching these things and thinking that they're not hurting anybody because they are an adult and they can do what they want to in the privacy of their own home, but what they don't know is that screen becomes almost a portal for spirits of perversion to come into the house and roam around in every room attaching themselves to their children. See, now if they understood that, They wouldn't allow that vile thing in their home. But that's what's happening. And the revelation that God gave me, questioning one time somebody that was talking to me about having a son who was living an open homosexual lifestyle, and she could not understand where did this come from? Where? How did this happen? Well, later it was discovered that her husband had an addiction to porn, You know, not only was he watching it at home, but he would go to those on the side of the highway places, those triple X theater places and hang out in there. And what God showed me was while he was watching all of that perversion, those spirits were coming into his body and attaching themselves to his seed even. And when he impregnated the wife, all of those spirits of perversion were in the womb with the baby. 
you know, the th- the things that our forefathers, we see that clear from the scripture when, the, you know, he said to Jesus, well, is that the sins of the forefather? We mm-hmm. see that it's referenced in the Bible. Now, the thing about right. infirmity is, and people have to understand this, and people, Carla, say to me all the time, well, Sheila, how do we even know whether it's God's will to heal us or not? And I say, well, it makes little difference what I or anybody says about it. What does God say about it in his word? Remember that God is no respecter of persons, it tells us there in Acts 10.34, and he never changes, according to Malachi 3.6. So what he said to them yesterday, he's saying to them today, I don't care what illness you are facing today or what infirmities in your body, what kind of sickness is going on. We don't care what your doctor says or really your oncologist says or what your psychiatrist says or your husband or wife for that matter. The question is, what does God say? And God says in his word, I am the Lord that healeth thee, Exodus 15. I bore your sickness, Isaiah. Over and over and over we see in Genesis, you know, by my stripes, you are healed. And if you look that up, that is, you're already healed. So, but it also says, Exodus 2.13, the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. So obviously there's something going on there when you really get into an exegesis on these scriptures. I found it so interesting in Deuteronomy 23.5 and Nehemiah 13.2, it says, I turned the curse into a blessing unto you. On and on, we see all these scriptures on healing through the Bible. Right. Well, and when you look through those curses, you can find those places that you have violated the word and have brought that curse upon yourself. It's just like this adultery thing. You know, I want to go back to that for a minute because Jesus said when the Pharisees tried to trap him on that, you know, they asked him about the divorcement thing that was given to Moses. And he said, that was given for the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. So in this sin of adultery, there's hardness of heart there. And, you know, when you start leading people through repentance in the areas that they have violated God's word, then it it opens the door for healing to come. But so many times, if that has not been dealt with, there's a block that's blocking the healing. And even with that adultery, You know, Jesus makes it very plain and that if you marry someone who has been divorced, then you commit adultery. And the person, the person that divorced and remarries commits adultery. And so does the person that they marry. It causes them to commit adultery. Is it the unforgivable sin? No. I usually lead them through prayer of repentance for hardness of heart, first of all, because the truth of the matter is, Unless it's abusive, unless there isn't, you know, there are biblical things that makes divorce okay. You know, there are scriptures that say, if he's not pleased to dwell with you, then you are free. See, those kind of things. I tell people, if he's pleased to dwell with you, then you should not leave him. But if he's beating the hell out of you every day and hurting your children, then you need to get out of there. Absolutely. I'm not saying divorce, but get out of the way of harm until you can work this thing out. But the truth is, if both parties will bow their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to heal their marriage, he can heal the marriage. It happened to me. I mean, my marriage was completely dead. So I know that it can happen, but that's not to condemn anybody. 
you know, that has been divorced or anything. But we need to look at these things. In Proverbs chapter 7, it talks about, um, it's talking about the way of a harlot. And you can look at that whole chapter of 7, and it's, it is talking about a harlot, but more importantly, it's talking about the way spirits of seduction work. And it talks about a man that follows after a harlot like an ox goes to the slaughter and until he receives a dart through his liver. So adultery can sometimes be the root of liver problems. Maybe maybe a man has not committed adultery but has liver problems, but his father or his grandfather committed adultery, so liver problems now are in the bloodline. It's, it's very complex. You know, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. But that is one of the scriptures that will point to liver problems or hardness of heart. That can be a hardening of the arteries or, you know, those things can be involved in all that too. Well, after his death, after his death, Jesus told the disciples that they and we, this applies to us, would receive power from the Holy Spirit when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and we would have authority in his name to lay hands on the sick and cast out demons. One of the things that people do miss, and I don't know how people miss this, it is so important, and I sound like a broken record, but it is imperative, folks. If you don't speak in tongues, if you're not baptized of the Holy Ghost, and that's one of the signs that you are, you don't speak in tongues, or you think that got phased out back in some scripture, then... We have a problem right there. So that is crucial, isn't it? It is. And I have found that many people who have sought the baptism and have not been able to receive it, there is an Antichrist spirit somewhere there. Sometimes there are churches that have absolutely denied the things of the Holy Ghost to be in their churches, and that is an Antichrist spirit. So if you've been in a church, if you many times I just say, can I ask you what church you were raised in? So they tell me, and I say, oh, well, let's just break the Antichrist spirit, cast it out, and, and that way that block will no longer be there so that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a real thing. And sometimes people look at me like I'm calling them the Antichrist. No, but there are Antichrist spirits that will block you from receiving the things of God. Well, I'm actually glad you touched on this because for the new listeners who, and there's so many more tuning in now since the last time you were on the program, Carla, get into right. a, a really a bit of a description for people that just sat there and went, okay, wait, what? The Antichrist spirit? Get into that because this is a huge spirit that I'm finding. In fact, I cast that out of somebody last weekend and they hit the floor like a bag of potatoes. I, I, I was calling all this stuff out. As soon as I went after that Antichrist spirit, he was mm-hmm. on the floor like, just dropped like a it's a 230 pound man so Mm -hmm. i really want you to get into this i think it's important okay i tell you the antichrist spirit travels with the bastard curse if you were illegitimately conceived there can be an antichrist spirit there that will block you from the things of god many people struggle you know that i read the bible i can't understand it or every time i read the bible i fall asleep Uh, They go to church, but they just can't seem to get into the deeper things of God. There's an Antichrist spirit there. So it'd be good to find out, you know, just where that originated from. You know, I'm not saying that all Baptists have Antichrist spirit, but the churches that, you know, there have been 
testimonies after testimonies of people who've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and have been absolutely kicked out of the church, of the Baptist churches, because of they believe that all of that died with the apostles. Yeah. Well, that is not what the Bible says. Therefore, it is anti-truth, <laughs> and Jesus is the truth. So, therefore, that's what I'm talking about, an anti-Christ spirit. Anything that is against what Jesus Christ stood for and says in the Bible, the truth of his word, if they don't believe that and say the opposite, then that is an antichrist spirit. And if you've left a church like that, then it's very possible that you have an antichrist spirit at work in your life. Also, people that joined lodges and orders and clubs and fraternities, many times they take an oath that they don't have any idea what oath they're really taking, and there are antichrist spirit attached to those oaths and covenants. And even sometimes people have, have dedicated their seed and their seed seed to antichrist religions. It, you know, it's widespread. You need to look back at your roots and see where where they come from. And if they were let's say like the Masons, the Masonic Lodge, huge Antichrist spirit there. Yes, anything to do with the Freemasonry is very bad. Even the Shriners is exceptionally bad. Oh, yeah, that, that's like the, the elite Masons, the Shriners are. It's, it's all, all of those things are connected, and there is an Antichrist spirit. And people say, well, how can you say that? They do such good work. Well, I know. But, you know, you have to know what, they, what they're founded on. And well, even if it looks very benevolent, let's face right. it, uh, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, too. So don't be right. deceived by the fact that it looks very benevolent. Even the right. United Nations looks benevolent, but that's a whole other show. But that scripture I was talking about in Mark 16, when I was saying after his death, Jesus told the disciples that, and again, this applies to us, that we would receive power from the Holy Ghost. And we would, now let me go on with this. It says, we would have authority in his name to lay hands on the sick and cast out demons. Now, Mark 16, 17, Carla, really is how we get rid of the infirmities affecting us. Because it says in right. 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, shall they cast out devils, and they will speak with new tongues. And then they shall take up serpents, it says there in 18, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. But when you get into the scriptures regarding infirmities, that word infirmity, it really has concordance with the... In fact, if you look up Matthew eight seventeen, the Strong's Concordance, it says feebleness of body or mind, frailty, disease, infirmity, sickness, and weakness. Right. It covers a lot. But you know what? When, when I talk to people about healing, well, how do you know it's God's will to heal? You know what? Jesus Christ voluntarily got on that cross and shed every drop of his blood that we could be made whole. Not sort of better, not a little better, but whole. And that means nothing missing, nothing broken. It really means back to the original form, which was Adam and Eve before the fall. 
where there was no sickness, no disease. But you know what? I want to say something about those scriptures in James again. Um, it says that um, that they be anointed with oil, pray the prayer of faith, that they might be healed. And if they have committed sin, it shall be forgiven them. See, that's a double blessing yeah. when we obey those scriptures there because the infirmity could be caused by a sin they've committed, even if they don't even remember what sin they committed that brought the sickness, it says that it will be forgiven. That's huge. I mean, that is is very powerful. And, you know, I think about Matthew 8, 3. Listen to this very carefully, folks. I'm reading from the King James. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And what did Jesus do there? He put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. He didn't say I might. He didn't say, well, I better go pray about it. He said, I will. Jesus is, again, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think it's really important that, you know, when we think of Jesus saying to that man, I will, well, then he will heal you. It is God's will. I'm firm on this, Carla. It is God's will to have his people whole and healthy. Me too. And another one I love is Acts 10.38, how Jesus of Nazareth, anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good and healing all those. Now, if they were needed healing, they were either sick or afflicted, right? So he went about healing all those who were oppressed of what? The, the devil. devil. It says that in Matthew 4.23, too. Yes, yes. So, and, and you know, I got healed. That same scripture that you just read about the leper, I used to be sick twice a year with allergies. I had, my daddy had allergies, my mother had allergies, my grandmother had, you know, so twice a year I was sick with bronchitis, I had pneumonia twice, sinus infections, you know, every year, twice a year, and I was sick as a dog. I had read those scriptures that morning, and this was back in 1988, and I was driving somewhere, sick as a dog, and I said, Lord, of course I didn't have a voice, I was like this. But I said, Lord, I'm going to say to you what the leper said. If you wanted to, you could heal me of these allergies. I'm sick of being sick. And do you know what I heard? He said, I've already done it. I'm waiting to receive it. And I said, I don't know how. And I heard, by faith. I said, okay, I receive it right now, by faith. And I thank you for it right now. Well, and then he said, did I not say it is finished? See, it is already done. And sometimes I think the reason we don't get healed is because we're sitting around asking God to heal us. Lord, heal us. I've already done it. He also gives us power and authority over these spirits to cast them out into. What does it say in Matthew 10 and Luke 9, 1 there? It says all manner of sickness and all manner of of disease. Now, you almost have to wonder when you do a study on that, you'd think sickness would be disease, but it's almost two distinctive things. The interesting thing is he didn't say in Matthew eight seventeen, I will bear your sickness eventually. He said, I bore your sickness. That's right. He took it. In Psalm 103, it says he took our diseases. He took it. He suffered it so that we wouldn't have to. I love that. 
And Luke 13, 11, no, this is what I really find interesting, Carlin. I'd love your take on this. In Luke 13, I believe it's there in 11, 12, it says there was an infirmity caused by a demon. And in verse 12, Jesus cast that demon out. So the point is that your sickness and infirmity can be a demonic affliction. Well, you know, there are many. I was doing a Bible study one time, and there were several different faiths. There was Catholic, Baptist, you know, different religions there. And I said, Lord, how in the world am I ever going to teach on this? There's so many different, you know, belief systems here. Well, he picked out the infirmities in the Bible that had a spirit attached to it. The woman that had the spirit of infirmity that was bent over for 18 years, And Jesus said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He dealt with the spirit first, then he laid hands on her, and she was made straight. The boy that was having the epileptic seizures, Jesus said when he prayed for him, he said, You foul, deaf, and dumb spirit. He dealt with that spirit first, and then the boy both heard and spoke. See, there are spirits attached to sicknesses and we 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 pray for the sickness but we don't deal with the spirit so the sickness doesn't leave because the spirit's behind it many well, times and luke thirteen sixteen talks about sickness being satanic bondage that you need to be loosed from yes exactly that one scripture luke ten thirty eight, is the one i always use because it says jesus went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil The devil is behind the sickness. I really believe that. And the book of Acts really is a field manual for healing, too. I I love it. I do love it. Well, he does want us to be. Here's the deal. In Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness and disease until they fell. They disobeyed God. And you know what it says? He told them, the day you eat of that, you shall surely die. Do you know what the the word die means? A slow, gradual diminishing of. That describes every single sickness that's known to man. A slow, gradual diminishing of weakness, decay, degenerative diseases. And death came in, sin and death because of sin, So now we all have a curse of death over us, which is a ruler spirit over all sickness. So it's a spirit. Uh, It's a a spirit of death and a spirit of infirmity, and those work together, and their goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. You mentioned that word there, death. What does it say in 2 Corinthians 1.10? It says, I have delivered you from death talks right there about being delivered from death you just said that word spirits there what does he say in ephesians 1 2 and 1 and i'd love people to go back and listen to this and write these scriptures down because he says in ephesians 1 2 1 i have given you my name and have put all things under your feet he didn't say everything but infirmity that's right it is all there see everything that is complete in What Jesus did for us is salvation, healing, and deliverance. That's that's what it's all about. And when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and raise the dead. Amen. And that's still our commission today. 
Amen. <laughs> I mean, that really is the Great Commission, and that is what we're supposed to be doing. And yet, this doesn't sink into people's heads that we are supposed to be going out in the highways and byways and doing this. I don't know how, you know what, when I started reading the Bible and seeing this, so it makes me wonder if people are reading their Bibles. Because if you see it in the Word, and and you belong to Him, you're going to want to do what He did. I know people that read it, they see it, you know, they see these scriptures, by my stripes, you are healed, my power causes diseases to depart from you, I do good and heal all those that are pressed to the devil, Acts 1038, write it down, folks, I am the resurrection and the life, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Faith in mine and makes you strong and gives you perfect soundness. I am the bread of life. I give you life. And yet they read it. They actually read the words. But somehow there is a disconnect with people, isn't there? Yes, exactly. I think it goes back to the traditions that we have had in our churches forever. And Jesus said the traditions of men makes the word of God of no effect. The traditions of men is to call the doctor when we get sick. I was just going to say, yeah, pick up the phone, call your doctor, and get on some big pharma. Now, you know what? And here's one thing that a lot of people will say. And and I bind the spirit of offense right now so that people don't hear what I say because they get offended at the first statement. The thing about it is that people will say, well, God uses doctors. And I'll say, you know what, it's, I found that interesting in, in the Word that Luke was a physician, Luke, who followed Jesus. And never once did Jesus come to a situation, and it was too difficult for him to deal with, that he had to call on Luke and his medical <laughs> expertise to heal somebody. It just didn't happen. Jesus didn't use the doctor. And there are... There are scriptures, yes, again, in the Old Testament, but Hezekiah or Ahaziah. Ahaziah fell through the lattice and was injured. He was in his sick bed. He sent some of his servants to go and and inquire of the witch of Endora whether or not he would be healed. And God sent Elijah to, to intercept these servants and ask them this question, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you go to inquire of another? Now, that's pretty profound. Very. Very. And then there was Asa, who was diseased greatly in his feet, and he sought not the Lord, but the physicians. And he died. I mean, what... Why? How would it affect God for us to go to somebody else? Exactly. Well, and then there's this compounded problem that almost everyone and their dog now is hopped up on some kind of drug. Everyone is taking drugs for one reason or the other. There's a vast array of over-the-counter, and plus the daily coping varieties of caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, and then there's what finds its way into our food and drink, which you probably consume several times a day, but that word there, pharmakia, most folks don't know this, but the word pharmacy and pharmaceutical are derived from the Greek word pharmakia. You can look that up in the Strong's. The word is, you know, it means witchcraft. It it intentionally means it's sorcery. (laughs) Right. You look up all those words, they're connected. Sorcery, witchcraft, pharmacia, pharmaceuticals, pharmacists, all of those things. And you know what I think? 
I, I really believe that back, way back, there was always a witch doctor in town that you could go get your potions from to get well. And I think they, just because it didn't sound so hot, they just dropped <laughs> the witch and called them doctors. Witch doctor. You don't really hear that word mentioned much anymore, but hoodoo, voodoo, hexes, vexes, incantations, those are things we don't really use that commonly, but boy, witches know all about it. And it's real. You know, people think that all that stuff is just stuff that you hear on silly movies and things, but no, those things are very real. Carla and I did an amazing show that really got into the guts of witchcraft and it's very important if you were ever involved in witchcraft or you were a warlock or a Wiccan or any any form of witchcraft, even if it was just, oh, well, I was just a good witch, you need to go back and listen to that because if you have not had that broken off of you, repented and got deliverance from that, I mean, that's huge, isn't it, Carla, when people dabble in these little, again, even on that show I remember we talked about Harry Potter and I was Mm -hmm. stunned when I was staying in a well a so-called pastor in his wife's house and their kids had the Harry Potter spell casting set and I thought why would you let your kids be involved in speaking curses and they're outright I mean well there's such a devilish agenda in Hollywood but it's outright and blatant witchcraft it's casting spells curses I mean this stuff is really dangerous and talk about the this is really good for our new listeners, is talk about the young girl there, the high school girl with the spell on her teacher. Well, yeah, the little high school girl that had cast a spell on her teacher, and she had told two of her good friends that she was going to do it. Well, they didn't think much of it because they didn't really believe that it would do anything. Well, they went to class. The girl cast her spells, you know, quietly back in the back of the class. The teacher fell deathly ill. They had to call an ambulance. And then so the other two friends went to the principal and told him what she had told them. He calls the girl in, and she said, yes, I did. And she said, you want to know where I got the information? Out of a book in our library is where I learned to do the spell. And so, but you know what? Here it's like, you know, we think, you're talking about these pastors whose children had this Harry Potter stuff. And we think, how in the world could they do that? Well, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But the next part of that scripture says, because you have rejected knowledge, this is knowledge that we are telling right now. And if people will reject it, and God says, that's why you will be no priest to me, and I will forget your children, is what the rest of that scripture says in Hosea 4, 6. It's very serious. It is spiritual adultery is what it really is. It's idolatry. Idolatry. Yes, exactly. Doesn't wink at idolatry. I was just going to say, I mean, God takes it very serious. This is not, you know, the devil's not playing games. These witches and warlocks and wizards, they're, you know, as ridiculous as that sounds in today's society. Oh, the man's a wizard. Well, we know about sorcerers back in Bible times and what God thinks about. What does God say about incantations and sorcery and divination in the Bible? He's pretty clear that it's an abomination. Exactly. In Deuteronomy 18.9, where it talks about all of that stuff, and you were talking about the witchcraft program that we did, and if anybody's been involved, that is the last scripture in in, uh, Leviticus 20, that if you have been any of those things, you shall surely die. 
So it brings a death curse, which could be in the form of chronic illness or, you know, something in your body that would would be causing you not to be able to live your life to the fullest because it's a death thing. It's serious. Well, it's not only serious, but I think that's kind of where we're at today is that, again, you know, one of the things you and I always talk about is the word being a discerner. And I think it's really important. You know, when I look in Deuteronomy there, Carla, it's amazing. There's blessings, but there's a whole lot more curses too, isn't there? There is. And, you know, it starts out in in Deuteronomy 28, it starts out by saying, if you do the things that God has told you to do, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed, blessed, blessed. But if you do not, which means if you are in rebellion against God, cursed, 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 cursed. So we're suffering some kind of a curse. We can look in the Word to see where we have violated God in a way that could be causing these things to come upon us. Well, and that's where repentance comes in and also asking the Holy Spirit to, you know, show you. And also, again, I can't overemphasize the things we bring in our home. Like you were talking about the witches that buy the pennies and throw them all over the parking lots. We have to remember that, you know, a lot of times people go to these antique stores or they pick up things or they bring things into their home. I do this personally. I always pray over items when they're new or if I bring them in my home or if somebody gives me a coat I always do pray over it I cover it with the blood of Jesus I bind off any curses I think that's really important because here's the thing that happened recently and I found this this correlation interesting for people to think about so I had a friend who was gravely sick and she had moved into a new condominium and she had been sick for, you know, months and months and her doctor kept telling her, well, it's chronic fatigue. It's, they don't usually know what it is. So they'll just lump it into chronic fatigue or they have all these syndrome. Yeah. Chronic fatigue syndrome syndrome, (laughs) where it sounds like you're just sleepy and lazy or something. But, you know, she was actually having swelling and pain and, you know, she was on all sorts of things from her doctor and nothing was helping. She had went to a nature path. Nothing was helping. So what happened was after she got moved and I I took over something for a housewarming party and I was walking in the door and I saw this just in the kind of the in the front entryway of her condo. She got this gift from a friend of hers. The friend had gone to Mexico and bought her this sun god. And Uh so I walked in and as soon as I walked in, I just the hair in the, you know, the back of my neck stood up and I said, Sandra, you have to get rid of this. I said, I think there could be a correlation here between a couple of these things in your home. And then I noticed she had this painting of an, uh, an elephant god. And that's very significant in the Hindu culture. And I just thought, what is wrong with these people? This is a Christian friend of mine. So I said, listen, I'm going to take these two things out of here and I'm going to get rid of them. And I went and actually smashed both of them. I didn't go give them to the Sally Ann. I went and took them and smashed them. And you know, Carla, the very next day she got up, didn't have a a lick of health problems after that. Well, you know, it says in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 7, that when God told them to not desire, I think he wiped the people out first. And then he said, do not desire the silver or the gold that is upon them, nor bring those things into your house. For when you bring an accursed thing in your house, you become accursed like it. That's pretty plain. 
Well, and Derek Prince has a very good show where he talks about one of his family members bringing something back from China. I'll have to uh, find that that particular show. But I mean, this is very, again, it's very serious for people to look around their house, see what's going on in there. I recently also had another lady send me, get this, Carla. And this is, I've got a picture of this posted on Facebook. These people had a Masonic Holy Bible. Get that. And I've seen these things, and it says the Masonic edition. I thought, what are people doing with these things in their house? So it's really important for people to be paying attention to not only what's in your house, but also asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's any items that are an issue. And Carla, what do you say to people that think this stuff is harmless? It's just silliness to think that items can be accursed. Well, you know, it, the Bible probably belonged to Grandpa or Great Grandpa, which becomes ancestor worship. But, you know, all you can do is inform them. And then the information is theirs to do something with it. Um, I had a friend whose dad and all of her brothers were in, in the Masons. And well, she's dead today. And her, her dad is dead. Her mother's dead. Um you know, it's they just don't take it seriously, and and they protect it. It's a closely guarded thing in the family. Don't say anything about the Masonic Lodge, you know, it, because that's their that's their god. You don't you don't step on their sacred cow. <laughs> that's just the whole point. And you know, I don't mind telling them. Listen, I wouldn't have that thing in my house, and then I tell them why, and they'll either ah. Uh, don't be ridiculous, or something to that effect. Well, I, I did my part, you know, and then it, it, depending, I may continue to pray for that person, for God to send his Holy Spirit and ministering angels to their hearts to receive the information, to look into it at least, you know, for their own protection and their family's protection. Well, absolutely. And I want to really get into now, before I have you pray over the the listeners, I think this is really important. So for people that are listening to this show and they're thinking, you know, you have no idea the kind of illness I'm going through, Sheila. You have no idea the chronic pain I live with or, you know, they know somebody that has really chronic pain. I think it's really important, folks, to also share this show or get the podcast of it. You go to WeCanVigilante.com and click on this show for today, which is May 8th, and it's really important. This is super important to get this information to somebody that you know that is facing chronic illness, but also there is a little bit of a prerequisite to this too, and it's really about being repentant, confessing our sins where we have missed it, because of course, you know, we might dabble in things that we might not know about, and we might even not be responsible necessarily, as Carla talked about earlier, the Freemasons. We are not responsible for what our families did, but we still are affected by it. We have to break that off of ourselves and break it off our seed. Seed, that's really important, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, why why don't I just start with that? The generationally inherited curses 
from the fathers and the mothers. Yes, Carla, please do lead the listeners into a prayer. Now, what I'm asking folks is, even if you've done it before, let's just follow the prayer here because this is really important and it's really important to humble yourself, get rid of that pride spirit or that offensive spirit that says, well, I don't I don't believe I have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And we'll actually also be asking for that for the listeners too today, Carla, if they've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And also, folks, if you're not water baptized, not when you were a kid, I'm not talking about, oh, I was baptized when I was three years old or a baby. If you're not water baptized, you get a hold of me and we'll deal with the water baptism. But anyway, go ahead, Carla. Well, let's just pray a prayer of repentance first. Well, Father, right now we just come to you. And Lord, we just ask you to search our hearts. Lord, with the light of your Holy Spirit shine in the in this, even the secret chambers of our hearts where we may have forgotten things that we've done. Lord, we just ask right now that you would forgive us for the things that we've done knowingly and unknowingly as they've listened to this program, Lord, and some things may have come up to just ask God to forgive you right now. Lord, we just ask you to forgive us in those areas that we have uh, violated you, violated your word, even in not knowing it. Lord, we ask you to forgive us, and we receive that forgiveness now. And, Lord, I forgive uh, myself. Sometimes it's hardest to forgive ourselves. I forgive myself now in the name of Jesus Christ. So now that, that we have repented, those legal ties with Satan have been broken to hold you into in a prison. Uh, so right now, in the name of Jesus, I just bind and break the power of the generationally inherited curses that have come down through the mother's bloodline, even those generationally inherited infirmities. We bind you and break your power and command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against, I bind and break the power of the generationally inherited curses that have come down through the father's bloodline, even those generationally inherited infirmities. We break you now with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are broken off God's people. Now I command every every infirmity, name your infirmity, the infirmity that has come down the bloodline, that mama had it. I have it. My daughter will have it. My grandchildren will have it. I break that curse in the name of Jesus and command that infirmity to go, and we break it off of us. We break it off of our seed, and we break it off of our seed seed forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you hung on the cross and that you took every disease known to man. You took it upon yourself. That's what made your crucifixion so horrible is that you took every disease before it would ever come to us and you shed your blood and you annihilated every sickness and disease known to man. So why are we not well? Why is there still sickness? Well, Lord, right now we appropriate the finished work that you did on the cross. We appropriate it to our bodies. We apply that shed and resurrected blood to our bodies inside and out, even to the very DNA of our bodies. And and we receive the inheritance of healing, of salvation, and of deliverance that you have uh, that you have provided for us. I break right now the curse of death off of everyone who's listening that came to us through Adam and Eve in the garden. I break that curse of death right now. That is the ruler spirit of all 
sickness. I break the power of the spirit of infirmity now off God's people. I command infirmity to go. I loose you from your infirmity. And in the spirit lay hands now in the name of Jesus Christ on every person who is experiencing infirmity. I speak to pain and I command it to go. I speak to degenerative diseases. I speak to strokes. I speak to heart attacks. I speak to cancer. I speak to every disease done to man. And I speak a reversal of the damage that it's had in their bodies. I even speak a reversal of the of the damage that the spirit of death has had in our bodies by causing uh, us to lose uh, weakness, to lose our strength, to lose our eyesight, for our teeth to decay, for our bones to decay. I speak to every sickness right now, and I say, go in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we receive it right now by faith. We receive it. And, Lord, we rededicate ourselves to you today. We ask you afresh and anew to come in and live in us. Lord, you gave your life so that we could live. Now we offer our bodies a living sacrifice to you to come and inhabit, live in us, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power, Lord, that we might allow you to live in and through us, that we might touch and have and release the kingdom of God into this earth through ourselves going and doing what you told us to do, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons and to raise the dead. Lord, let us do all that you have commissioned us to do. Let us have an effect on this lost and dying world. Lord, I know that as time goes on, that people are going to start putting the demand of the Jesus that is in us. They are going to be crying out to you because you're in each believer and that we have the power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have power to speak to those demons and have them cast out of the person to set them free, to have a clear mind, to get rid of insanity, to get rid of addictions, Lord, we just thank you that you did it all. And Lord, we so desire to see that in the world today. As your corporate believers come together, Lord, we want to see those miracles that you did when you were here on the earth and you didn't take them away. They're still here. You are waiting on, Lord, we're waiting on you, but you're waiting on us to step out in the power and authority that you have given us to touch this world and make a difference, to release your kingdom in this earth today. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for shedding your blood for us. I say be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You know, in the Bible, the disciples would go, and by the laying on of hands, they would receive the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, all of those that are here, that are listening, that have sought, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Lord, I just break any Antichrist spirit that would be standing between you and them to keep them from receiving the full power with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I just ask you right now to release it upon those that are asking for it, Lord. Bless them. 
I just release it now. I say, receive ye the Holy Ghost in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Amen. Carla, thank you so much for that prayer. And also, thank you so much for your time today on the show. And folks, again, Carla Boutade's information is linked there at WeekendVigilante.com. Do send Carla email. Let her know that you heard her on the show today. And folks, I really encourage you to get behind Carla's ministry as well. Her information is, again, linked on my website. Really get behind it financially, too, because it is very, I mean, let's face it, deliverance and healing is the children's bread and it's very important to be sewing into these kind of ministries. You know, a lot of people have no problem sewing into the world. But I'll tell you what, God will really bless people that really get behind and support financially ministries like Carla Butad. And let me tell you, you know, she is a very powerful, anointed woman. But we come under a lot of attacks when we're in this ministry, too. So do be praying for Carla. Lift her up in your prayers. And again, I really want to encourage people to get behind Carla. So, Carla, thank you so much for coming on, and I do hope you come back and see us soon. Anytime, Sheila. Folks, that was Miss Carla Boutard. Her information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Folks, I just want to remind everybody that I am working on Remnant Roundup, and I want to emphasize that this is a tool to connect the end time saints. All the time I get a lot of people that email me asking if I know anybody in their areas that they can connect with. And I think Remnant Roundup is a very timely tool. I really believe God put that on my heart to develop this. And so I'm asking you to get behind Remnant Roundup. Folks, it costs a lot of money to put these things together at the request of the listeners. So if you have not donated to this ministry, I am asking you to do that, to prayerfully consider sowing into this ministry and becoming a partner of the Sheila Zielinski ministry and not just the radio program, folks, but also the ministry. So I really appreciate that. I get a lot of prayer requests. I get a lot of deliverance requests. So again, if you are blessed by this ministry, I am asking for your support financially and thank you in advance. Folks, next week we've got a fantastic lineup. Monday we have Chris Putnam and we have a lot of special guests dropping by the show. And also sign up for the free e-newsletter that's coming out this weekend. And folks, I want to encourage everybody to sign up for the podcast. Again, weekendvigilante.com. Click on that big pink button on the right-hand side of the website that says Sheila's Podcast. Once you sign up and follow it, you will get all the latest updates. Folks, have a fantastic weekend. Good night and God bless.